listening to The Attitude Zone with Dr. J.G. Rod. Welcome back, friends. This is uh, Dr. J.G. Rod. Just thank you for coming back to my podcast. And I trust and hope that you are letting your friends know about The Attitude Zone. We, this is my third episode. Welcome to episode number three. And I, I do want to give a shout out to a friend of mine, Mr. Pete. Mr. Pete, he put it on his Twitter feed for uh, his friends and followers to uh, follow my podcast. So I do appreciate that, that effort, my friend. Anyone else, please help me out so that we can get this podcast to really reach more audiences. I, I believe in what what we're doing through the podcast. I, I think it'll help people. Uh, it'll help them uh, develop the right attitude and have more success in life. As I mentioned before, I'm not um, an expert on everything. Uh, I don't know everything in my life. I've been fortunate enough and I have worked hard to get some certifications and some qualifications. So I speak from that perspective. At the end of the day, these are my opinions. These are my suggestions. And I hope that you can benefit from them. As uh, a lot of this I have done myself, a lot of this I have put into practice, and it has helped my life tremendously. As you know, I went from being a high school dropout. I dropped out three months before my graduation, high school graduation. And, you know, I've made many excuses over the past over different reasons as to why I dropped out. But the reality is that I did drop out. I was a high school dropout. Uh, I earned my GED when I joined the Navy. Uh, I dropped out back in 89. In 2008, I went back to school. And in 2019, just last year, last June, I defended my dissertation and I earned my PhD in leadership studies. And in that time, I have picked up a few things. I've learned a number of things and I like to share it with you. This is also cathartic for me. Uh, you know, the it helps me. It helps me to think that I'm able to help other people. It's just of benefit to me. It helps me quite a bit. So thank you for for listening. Don't forget, you can reach me at the Attitude Zone at drjgrod.com. That is the email for my podcast. Any questions you may have, please forward them there, send them there. Make sure to let me know you're listening, where you're listening from. I love to right back to you and help in any way that I can. So again, that email is Dr. I'm sorry. The email is the attitude zone at Dr. J G R O D dot com. So, and I'll try my best to uh, answer your questions and read all your emails at least within 24 to 48 hours. So if you have any suggestions, any books that you think I should look into, anything that I should uh, maybe consider speaking about research and speak about, please send me an email. Drop me an email. Today, I want to talk to you about the anatomy of attitude. 
the anatomy of attitude or in other words what what's the makeup <clears throat> excuse me what's the makeup of our attitude how do we develop it how do we get it are we born with it you know some people say they're just born with the attitude that they have of the school of thought that believes that an attitude is developed part of that you know i think our upbringing our background, our family, where we grow up, our surroundings, the people we surround ourselves with, all of them and all of those instances play a part in developing our attitude. So I believe that we're a result of our environment and what we allow ourselves or feed ourselves. You know, I think that's a better, uh, better explanation probably. It's what we feed ourselves and we allow, or what we allow to come into us, what we watch, the music we listen to, the books we read or don't read, the people that speak into our lives, all of that plays a major role in, in developing our attitude. So, but here, somebody said this one time is that, that attitude is what gets you altitude. We talked about that last week, but it really attitude is really a behavior. Your attitude, it's all about a behavior. It is your, your values in action. So whatever you've learned over life, whatever you've learned over school or, you know, wherever you, your environment was, whatever your surrounding was, whatever atmosphere you were surrounded by, you developed values in the midst of that. You know, many of us learned our values from our parents, from our grandparents, from the family structure that we grew up in. So attitude then is the result of those values, or it is your values in action. It is how you view life and how you live your life. So there there are people that go throughout life upset bitter uh, and i'm not saying that they're not um, proper in, in that sense i'm not saying that it's wrong to feel that way i just don't think that it's very healthy to live your life with such an attitude being bitter being upset all the time being negative Yet, you know, and understand this, you know, I'm not saying that that people that live like this are wrong. All I'm saying is that it, it just takes too much effort to live like that. And on the flip side of that lifestyle, you can really just live in joy and with a smile, enjoying your life. It takes almost the same amount of effort and in many instances, a lot less. So it is our attitude is our, our behavior or the our values in action. So attitude has to do with with your commitments and keeping your commitments. You know, how you view commitments. I believe that's part of the reason why so many people will stay married and why so many other people decide to end their marriages. Once again, if 
on either side, whichever side you are on. I'm not saying that either one is wrong, but it is just a representation of our attitude. It is the anatomy of our attitude. So if we grew up in a broken home, it's more likely, studies show this, it is more likely that you will have a broken home. If you grew up without a dad, it's likely that you may not be around for your children. And some, on the flip side of that, because they didn't grow up with a, with a dad, make it a point to be there for their children. Maybe not for the wife, but certainly for the children. So these are, this is an attitude. It's an attitude on how we keep our commitments. Back in a few years back, my, my dad died. This past January was five years. And you know, I, I really believe in, in being vulnerable and transparent, you know, whenever I, I teach or speak or anything, because there may be something that I have experienced or went through that may help somebody else. So I share that with you from that perspective. My dad died in January 2015, and uh, I'm number four of eight. My parents had eight children, and I was right in the middle, number four. And right before my dad died, my siblings and I made a commitment to him. You know, he was worried about my mom, obviously. But we made a commitment and we said, you know, we're going to help mom with X amount of money each month to make sure that uh, her rent is covered. And, you know, we're going to be helping her and the such. And, and since that moment, I, I have really kept my commitment because the commitment is made at a time of, you know, maybe high emotions or at a, at a good point in your life, whatever it may be, not understanding or not realizing what is to come or what's coming up in the next year, in the next three years, in the next five years. When I made the commitment, we, I told my wife, I spoke with my wife about it and, you know, we both decided, yeah, that's something that, that I needed to do. And I, I cover her phone bill, you know, she's on my account and, I continued to give her the monthly uh, amount that I committed to. And she would always, at the beginning, you know, she would always tell me, you know, that I didn't have to give it to her because I've already, I'm already covering her phone and, and doing other things for her. And, and my response to her was, Mom, it's not, it's nothing against you or anything. It's, I made a commitment. And whether I have it or not, I have to find a way to honor that commitment. There were months where it was very difficult for us, for my wife and my children financially, but I had to honor, honor that commitment. And again, that's just something in my upbringing. You know, my, my dad always said, if you don't have your word as a man, if you don't have a word to stand on, you have nothing. So every time I'm struggling and, and I'm really battling whether I should help this month or not because maybe I need a little extra at the house or, you know, whatever it may be. I remember those words. If you don't have your word as a man, you have nothing. Those are values. And my attitude are my values in action. So uh, then that same year, our church, we, we pastor our church and uh, our church went through a very difficult time. And to the point that I, I really wanted to quit, I, I wanted to give up already and had been in ministry for around, I don't know, 17 years or so at the time. And I really was tired and 
just want you to quit. I want you to do something else. You know, I felt I had other quali qualifications so that I can do something else. But And when I sat my family down, my wife and my children, I, and I was sharing with them what I was feeling, my daughter, one of my girls, stepped up and said, Dad, but you are our pastor. And remember the promise. Well, the promise is attached to my commitment to God that I said that if he changed my life, you know, way back before I was married, way back before my children were born, I made a commitment to God that I would serve him the rest of my life. And here it is some 17 years later and life is very difficult. Things are very tough. We've lost homes and vehicles and gone without groceries for months and just very tough at the time. I just didn't want to do this anymore. I wanted to do something else. And so my daughter tells me that. And and I really think about it because I had to go back to my commitment, what I value, the values, my attitude. My attitude changed. My attitude wanted, wanted to quit. But because I remembered my values, what I value, what I believe to be important i said okay we'll, we'll do this again we'll try it we'll keep going and uh, since you know we've been doing we continue to do this and i continue to minister and our, my family's all involved now and, and we're doing great you know th things have gotten better they're not where i like for them to be but I, I don't think you know that'll ever happen it's just something that we continue to work towards but that day i realized that I didn't want my children to look at me as a quitter. I didn't want them to think of me as a quitter, someone who starts something and doesn't see it all the way to the end. And some may say, well, maybe that was the end, Doc. You know, maybe that was the end. That's where you, that's as far as you were supposed to go. And that attitude, it was not something that that I accepted. So I said, no, you know, I don't want my kids to see me as a quitter. I want them to know that even when things get tough, we have to honor our commitments. So the right attitude won't allow you to become a quitter. It doesn't mean you don't feel like quitting. You know, there's going to be times when you're going to feel like you feel like quitting, you know, quitting life, quitting your marriage, quitting your job, quitting, you know, your children, whatever, you know, life gets difficult. You know, life gets difficult. You get sick. You, uh, bills begin to pile up. You know, I often say, you know, the wife won't talk to you. The cat won't meow. The dark won't, the dog won't bark. The goldfish hides from you, you know, and things are very rough. Well, in the midst of all of that, it's natural and sometimes even expected for us to feel like quitting, like throwing in the towel. But the right attitude will keep you from doing that. Continue. Just hold on. Keep holding on. You know, because the right attitude tells you, don't do it. Keep standing. You may not be able to move forward, but don't move backwards. So you just have to continue to go forward. So... You need to be honest with yourself, in other words. Before you can be honest with other people, really, you have to be honest with yourself. And that's the 
that's part of what makes up our our attitude how honest we are with ourselves you have to know what you can and what you cannot do don't commit yourself to things that are beyond your reach at the moment maybe in a later date you may be able to commit to that so you know that that's honesty is big being transparent just being real genuine authentic during my phd training we studied uh, two theories that really intrigued me they intrigued me so much that i decided to do my research on these two and that was the authentic leadership theory and the emotional intelligence aspect of leadership as well and i combined those to see how those two theories if they're able to predict behavior change uh, if they were able to predict um, the willingness of followers uh, to accept change for example you're a leader you may be a husband you may be a wife you may be a boss a supervisor and you're trying to implement some form of change and sometimes your followers, be it your wife, your husband, your children, your employees, whatever, uh, they will fight you. They won't want to go there. I want you to see if there's a way to help them get there. And I found that through authentic leadership, there's four aspects to authentic leadership. And uh, one of them is relational transparency. Uh, in other words, be, be genuine, be you. Don't be an imitation, be an original. Another one is internalized moral perspective. In other words, do the right thing, not just the popular thing. The other one is balanced processing. Be fair, you know, don't uh, play favorites, no favoritism, and, and self-awareness. Know yourself. In my research, in my dissertation, I found that an aspect of authentic leadership was a predictor of uh, innovativeness or somebody's willingness to accept change. And that was relational transparency. The more authentic you are with people, the more real you are with them, the more you help them accept change and follow you more willingly. And it's not to manipulate them. You have to do this from an authentic point of view, from an honest point of view. You have to be honest with yourself. What you are able to do and what you are able to understand what you know. You know, one of the biggest things about leadership is knowing what you know and knowing especially what you don't know. If you don't know something, go learn it. You know, it's not the end of the world. It's not something that you'll never learn. It's something that you can learn. The second aspect of this uh, was emotional intelligence, and that's someone said that it is the key to developing the right attitude. So in the anatomy of attitude, we, at the very top of all that is emotional intelligence. How emotionally intelligent a person is, you know, because it is, I, I believe that emotional intelligence is learned behavior. In other words, you can learn it. And if you can learn it, you can improve it. You can become more emotional intelligent and i subscribe to daniel goleman's four aspects of 
emotional intelligence. He, he has them in, in four areas. And emotional intelligence is made up of self-awareness. We, we just talked about that in authentic leadership as well. Self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. These are the four areas that make up emotional intelligence. Self-awareness, again, knowing yourself, knowing what you know, knowing what you don't know, knowing your limitations, knowing your strength, knowing your weaknesses. And self-management is having emotional balance, being able to balance your emotions. You know, anger is an emotion that really detracts people, you know, gets us off the track, gets us off the place where we're headed, you know, gets us in a different, going in a different direction. You know, there's a person that will have road rage and someone cut in front of them and they're on their way to work. But now they're chasing this person and now they're even going to be later to work because they're chasing a person that just happened to cut it in front of them. So anger is a powerful emotion that can really dictate how we do things and what we do. So having emotional intelligence just means that you're you're going to be able uh, to balance your emotions and that anger being one of those. So it means that you're adaptable, you know, in self-management, you have to adapt to things, understand that you don't know everything. You're not the source of all knowledge. You have to learn to be teachable in self-management, learn what you don't know so that you can be taught and you can then uh, become a better, more well-rounded individual. Social awareness is being able to show empathy toward other people. You know, being aware of your surroundings of, you know, maybe it's your wife, she's having a bad day. You know, maybe your children are having a bad day. Maybe your husband is having a bad day. Maybe an employee of yours is having a bad day. So, you know, being able to show empathy towards them being socially aware and then relationship management this is all about inspiration are you inspiring people around you if what you have around you are just takers you need another circle not saying eliminate everybody but you need a circle where you are a taker when where someone is giving to you and depositing into you so but you need to be able to inspire people how is your life inspiring others? You know, that's that's a big attitude area, you know, in your emotions. Your children are watching you. You know, if you're yelling at your husband, if you're yelling at your wife, they are watching and you are inspiring them to do the same. You may turn around and say, don't do this because this is wrong. But your actions is what inspires other people. If you're going to be a good leader, an effective leader, then these are areas that we have to really get under control. We influence is about emotional intelligence. You know, we have to be aware of that. Not only are we inspiring other people, but we influence. We influence how they think. You know, for a long time, I have been a cowboy fan. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sorry for, you know, I've learned that in this world, there are cowboy fans and there are cowboy haters in uh, and I'm okay with both. I haven't watched football much anymore, but my son, the youngest, he loves the Cowboys, knows everything about them, studied their history and everything. And 
part of that was my influence. I would sit them down while I was watching games. They wanted to spend time with me. They would sit down, and, and it was an influence that came over. My Our firstborn, my son and my daughter, second one, they they loved the Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs. Again, I'm a big fan, have been since David Robinson joined the team, and you know they they love the Spurs. They love watching it again because they would sit with me and they would watch the game. So I had a big influence. But in relationship management, you also need to act like like a coach, so that you can help other people manage their emotions better. You are the leader. You know these are some of the areas that make up our attitude, and we need to learn to balance that. That's. That's part of the reason why I started this podcast. Not because I know everything there is to know about controlling my emotions, but because there, there's a few things that I've done that have helped me. And if they can help you, that, that is wonderful. I hope that you can implement some of these techniques, some of these ideas, some of these things, maybe change them a little, make them your own. I'm okay with all of that as long as it's able to help you become better in life. I really believe that in life, our attitude will determine our success. We can look at everyone else and be a hater. You know, talk about people that maybe are achieving uh, greatness. Maybe they're excelling in what they're doing and we, we can make all types of excuses for them and reasons as to why. We can say, well, they're doing it because, you know, they had a good dad, a good mom, or because they didn't, or because they have money, or because they drive a nice vehicle, or because they live in a good area of town. And we can make up all types of excuses, but in reality, it comes down to our emotions, our attitude. You know, if you have the right attitude, you will succeed in life and you will succeed at work and at play and in everything that you do, everything you put your hands to. If you have the right attitude, you will excel. You will become better. So, you know, guard your emotions, protect your emotions, balance yourself out and, you know, Important. There's another important aspect of that is be transparent. Be genuine. In this whole wide world, there's only you. You are the only you that exists. Even if you're a twin, a triplet, a, a identical, whatever it may be, you are the only you that exists. No one else is like you. So be the best version of you. I know there are people that inspire you as they should, but sometimes we imitate their flaws more than we imitate their success. And that all has is attached to our attitude, what we think of them, what we think of their success or uh, their failures, whatever it may be. So, you know, move ahead with your attitude, learn how to control yourself. I was talking to some people earlier today and I was, the subject came up on, you know, just relationships. And, uh, and I told him, I said, you know, in marriage, you can win every battle and lose the war. 
or you can choose to lose a battle to win the war. What I mean by that is having the right attitude in the midst of all that. If things are not going right and maybe your husband or your wife is picking at you and they want to get into an argument, sometimes you just have to control your emotions and let it go. Let it go so that you can win the war. You may lose that battle, but you'll win the war. You'll have a happy home. You'll have a happy family. You'll have a happy marriage. You don't have to win everything. Another thing, you don't have to accept every invitation to every fight that is out there. You can let it go. Control your emotions because that is the key to your happiness, the key to your joy, the key to your success is having the right attitude. And having the right attitude goes hand in hand with having your emotions under control. Well, once again, we've come to the end of the podcast, and I want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for spending around 30 minutes with me. Um, as always, I do ask you to spread the word, let people know about the Attitude Zone, uh, let them know you can listen to it on the Apple Podcast, the Google Podcast, Spotify, Alexa, the TuneIn Plus Alexa, Google Podcasts. I think it's coming up soon on iHeartRadio and Pandora. So just look for us. But you can also go to the website, theattitudezone.drjgrod.com. If you go to my website, you have all the podcasts there, and you can also have all the areas where you can subscribe. So once again, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and we will talk again next Tuesday. Have a great day. Have a great week. Bye-bye.